Welcome to the Relationships Inside Out podcast with Drs. Gregory Sieber and Kimberly Murray, licensed marriage and family therapists. Join them on this journey as they explore the ins and outs of relationships. Well, welcome to Relationships Inside Out, where today we're going to talk about tackling tit for tat in relationships. Tit for tat. Oh, man. I'm right. You're wrong. Every single, I'm going to say this because I know I have some clients listening. Every single couple just about I've worked with struggles with this. Tit for tat. Tit for tat. It's really a battle for being right, which has a deeper meaning of if I'm right, then I am fill in the blank. Loved, worthy, valued, won't be left. Mm-hmm. Competent. Competent. Mm-hmm. It is making sure that my needs are met. And sometimes to do that, I'm going to keep score. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put your needs down. I'm going to push my agenda, even if it comes mm-hmm. at cost of my relationship. Yeah. And, and there's, of course, a lot of different reasons for this. I think one of the more common ones are someone's own insecurities mm-hmm. and what being right means in their relationship. And it could be not the fact that they need to be right because um, then their partner will love them more. Some people do it in the way where they're pushing their partner away of like, I need to continue to show why I'm good enough and right. And that I'm, I don't need this person. Um, cause the, the fear of connection, right. They have a hard time feeling connected avoid and vulnerable. Avoid an attachment right there. Avoid an attachment. Yep. I can't let you too close. Yes. I want you close, but I can't let you too close. I've got to prove I can be independent and that I don't need you. I just want you, mm-hmm. but I'm right though. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said that for you. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> and it's okay. I want to back us up in time. It doesn't necessarily start with a romantic partnership. It might start from our home where we mm-hmm. grew up, where our friends at school, or our faith, our culture, right? These kinds of things reinforce mm-hmm. what would be like cooperative play and cooperative conversation where I can hear your perspective, actually take it in, not just pretend like I'm taking it in, and sometimes do more than someone else and that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Verse. I can reinforce narratives of, nope, I'm going to be right. I'm going to keep score. I'm Mm. going to be top banana, whatever it might be. And part of that for me is helping children be comfortable with dissonance or uncomfortability. Mm -hmm. Because I think about it in the context of, say, like religion. Yeah. If I listen and hear a perspective that's so different than mine, it shatters my perspective and causes dissonance. So therefore I go into defense mode and have to be right because it's too uncomfortable to hear that maybe my God's not real or um, what have you. Right. Or even with say you're Christian, especially when we look at like biblical or devout perspective, if someone doesn't agree with me, I may take it as, well, now their salvation's at risk. And so I've got to push even harder. Mm-hmm. Right. And now I've got to prove why I'm right for something as massive as salvation. Or as massive as I have mm-hmm. to prove that my church is best. That is yeah. one place that really does come up quite a bit. Yeah. And asking yourself, why do I need to be right? Why have I needed to be right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a fear of looking stupid. I mm-hmm. need to have the persona of being smart because that's the only way I'm valued. And if anyone questions me, then I feel like I'm a dumbass. And that's too uncomfortable for me to sit with and accept. I think about the people. I have a couple in my life who double down even after the point that they know they're wrong Oh, because the vulnerability of saying I'm wrong is too great of a risk. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep going rather than eating crow. And why do I want to give the person I'm 
arguing against the power though by saying I'm yes, wrong. Yes, with the satisfaction. So there's fear of being wrong in the sense of that it's a vulnerable position and and you might not have the power. Well, then why do you need the power? Mm-hmm. Right? What's the risk? What's at stake? The tip for Tad, I also think about sometimes it's leveling out what would be we call it our ledger, our scorecard from when we were a kid. If my needs mm-hmm. were never met as a kid. We can have that kind of slide into our relationship where I'm used to not having my needs mm-hmm. met. So I continue that pattern or we kind of pendulum swing in. Now it's going to be all about my needs. Mm-hmm. Now I'm really egocentric because I didn't have them met before. My partner's job is to level out my ledger. <laughs> and both are dangerous where we're not giving voice at all to our needs versus my needs are dominant 100% mm-hmm. of the time. I see a lot of tit for tat come up in that context with couples in particular. Mm-hmm is somebody is asking for their needs and the other person in their mind is like, this person is always asking for something. I can never meet them. But yet at the same time, they haven't met this. So I'm going to remind them that they haven't met my needs because I feel guilty that I haven't been meeting theirs, even though you don't need to feel guilty because guess what? You're human. We make mistakes. And sometimes those needs are too much. And that's something that needs to be talked about and how to navigate that. And and you can't be solely responsible for the other person's needs, depending on what they are. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do we create space for both? How do we create space for sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes my needs are met. Sometimes it's more on your needs. What was the term you used? Wrong. What is that? Uh, it's a weird, <laughs> weird concept, especially in our culture. It's, it's a real weird concept, right? To admit we're wrong. People sometimes literally feel like they're choking just to say, I'm sorry, or I was wrong. That's mm-hmm. how poor of a job we do in our society at teaching people it's okay to be wrong, to make a mistake, to say, I'm sorry. It is okay and actually beneficial mm-hmm. to not keep score. Yeah. Right. I did this for someone. So now it's their turn. I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Or even small stuff like I paid last time. So now you pay. Or, um, well, I did the last diaper. So you're up. Mm-hmm. Especially when we're tired or stressed out, we see this pattern exacerbated. Yeah. And, and even if we're not intending to want to keep this ledger in the back of our mind, are like, I have fed the dog every morning while you've slept in <laughs> and I've had to wake up. Um, and so you think about that. And the most effective way to deal with that yeah. is have a conversation with your partner. How have you been feeling? Mm-hmm. I've noticed lately, like I've been getting up and I'm just getting really tired. I'd love a day that I can sleep in. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, where are you at? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than you never wake up. <laughs> You know, I've never said that sentence <laughs> ever. Sorry, ever. Chris. <laughs> um, and, and for me personally, like I, I remember in adolescence, I had a very difficult time being wrong. There was so much at stake Yeah, to be vulnerable and to lose that power. And a lot of it was like, I moved, I was a new, I was new to the area and I wanted to make friends and be popular. And so it was hard. If you were wrong, then therefore you weren't popular, right? There's this narrative I had of what wrong being meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I've had a challenge over the years. Um, or in the military, if you're wrong, reprimand. Yep. There's not a lot of forgiveness for being wrong, especially with some of the equipment or things you're doing, right? Um, so evaluating for myself, where did that message of wrong being bad come from? And so let me slide down that perfectionism kind of rabbit hole. And this, again, can be reinforced by our current partnership or other relationships, our friends. Do our friends allow us to make mistakes? No. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they do. Can I be messy? Can I make mistakes? Can I say stupid stuff? And 
we talk about it and move on? Mm-hmm. Or does someone continually drudge the mm-hmm. past, bring it up, whatever mm-hmm. it might be? One, space. one thing I think is really important to reflect on is, do you get upset when someone, if if someone else being right challenges your values? Mm, give an example. So if someone messed up my, or say I messed up my own order, ordering it like the drive-thru or something, and I actually messed it up. And someone's like, no, you actually said this. Okay. Well, all right. I'm wrong. Versus um, say I have a value in reciprocity and relationships and that's not happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, in my perspective, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a harder time or I say I'm wrong in the reciprocity piece, but I have a harder time because it actually is so aligned with my values of this reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I'm putting a higher expectation for other, someone else to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like notice that they're wrong more and I'm more upset when they're wrong because it actually violates a value of mine. Which is on it's me. It's like a little bit of thin ice, right? It doesn't give much leverage or much room. No. Well, yeah. And that's the question is like, it's the the wrong is a little bit more difficult when it's in your value system. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard. One, a couple of reasons. One, it's really hard to be wrong when it's your own value. Like, I didn't even live up to my own value. Mm-hmm. That causes a lot of dissonance. And the other one is when somebody else is doing something that doesn't align with your value. And they're wrong and they don't want to admit it or validate. Which COVID is was the greatest illuminator of this, right? Whether it was vaccine or masks or political or isolate, oh. it doesn't matter, right? We noticed what people did and we kept that score mm-hmm. right in our brain. Confirmation bias. Yes. Confirming our bias of like, this is my value system and people are violating it. Mm-hmm. Well, is that their value system? It takes a hard look of like, why is that value important to you? And is it important that other people live that value out? And if not, what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. um, being... And I, I, I hate the idea of wrong because I'm not even like a right and wrong. When I work with couples, it's about how do you be more effective unless there's like abuse or something. Sure, sure. Um, and this is where that tit for tat comes from because it is about right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to kind of, I guess, I would use the term accept influence instead of saying wrong. Let's, use, let's change that to accept influence. Love that. Hard to accept influence when I've violated my own value system or someone else is violating it and they're calling me out on something and they just violated my value. Mm-hmm. And how do we move into a softer place with that. You're allowed values, of course. And in partnerships, you're not going to have all the exact mm-hmm. same values. So how do we create room for both sets without being punitive, right? Tit for tat can imply punitive nature, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not performing in the way I've wanted you to, if you're not doing enough, there's punishment. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to stop doing things for mm-hmm. you. I'm going to withhold sex, whatever it might be. It be- can become this punitive state. And it often becomes more about the battle in the moment. Mm-hmm. And you might win that battle, mm-hmm. but you're going to lose the war of the relationship success. If one person's winning, both of you are losing. And and I do want to say that there's another side of the spectrum to this in the sense that there's somebody who always says that they're wrong and submits. That's not healthy either. Correct. There has to be some acceptance of influence on both sides for this to be successful. And Gottman, John Gottman talks a lot about the acceptance of influence being really important. That can be a product of how secure we are in ourselves, our attachment, if abuse is mm-hmm. present, where we completely submit to always keeping our voice and our needs mm-hmm. tucked in, to feeling wrong and just that's the way it is, not challenging mm-hmm. the narrative. If you're in that spot, seek some support. Mm-hmm. Because everyone, hear me, everyone deserves mm-hmm. to have their voice heard in their partnership. And it might be a survival technique in the sense that if, mm-hmm. as long as I admit that I'm wrong, then we won't have conflict. 
Sure. Right. And that might be, we start looking at some emotional abuse potentially. Yep. Um, so just, it, there isn't like so much you say, yes, like you're wrong. And then the other one, you don't say it at all. Like there's a, a moderation in this where we can accept influence um, and also kind of validate the perspective of the other person in that process. And some areas might be easier to accept influence than others. Right. So for me, when it comes to parenting, I do a lot of research around parenting. And so my ability to accept influence is a little bit tougher because I have dug mm. into that research. I have worked with a lot of people around it. It's a place I feel pretty competent in. Mm-hmm. Although there are times I'm wrong, especially for my hubby. If I'm grumpy, can he look at me and say, hey, you're getting mm-hmm. a little grumpy. Or yeah. I think you need to apologize to Harper. Mm. Can I hear mm-hmm. that? Can I accommodate that? places where I'm more likely to accept influence are places when I don't hold a big stake or that mean a lot to my partner, but maybe don't mean a lot to me. Mm -hmm. Really thinking about where are the places that you more easily accept it Mm -hmm. and you don't, or you don't. Mm -hmm. And my own thing, all parents are defensive, whether they've done research or not. (laughs) Yes. There's not a lot of acceptance of influence on the parental side from an external stuff. The other piece of that is, um, Parenting looks different. Expectations are different across cultures. So, mm-hmm. and, and I'm just using that as an example, because I feel like even for myself, there's areas I feel an expert in, but they're so different in different parts of the world and, and context. And like, that's part of me having to learn to accept influence in that mm-hmm. recognition. And that's where it's being open to not say you're wrong, but accept influence of like, I don't have it all together. And guess what? You don't like in relationships, you don't need to be perfect. You're going to fail your 100%. partner. hundred percent. You're going to make mistakes where you're going to have to accept influence and accepting influence is very validating to your partner. Mm-hmm. Right. I can watch my wife sometimes where I accept influence and I can tell she's really upset of like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And I'm like, this one was actually on me. Mm-hmm. Now that I reflect the back. The best sentence you can give right there. Yeah. This was actually on me. I don't feel you're doing anything kind of that's influencing this. Like, I think I just was in this space. This is when my thoughts and I don't think that was fair to you. Mm-hmm. It just, and it's the softening and the compassion that bleeds from that. Mm-hmm. It opens the door for her to also accept influence of like, well, I can see when I said this, that would have done that. Um, and that's a hard thing to do. This is, we're talking about vulnerability and really at the heart of, of when we're saying like, I've done, made a mistake or I've done something wrong, if you will. Mm-hmm. And do you feel comfortable to be vulnerable? And what is your fear of being vulnerable? That they're going to overrun you, that they're going to have the power now and always hold it against you, which partners do. So it's not safe to be vulnerable. And hence why you're probably not accepting influence and therefore probably need to reevaluate your relationship. And if you're really holding to that tit for tat, that rigidity, mm-hmm. relationships aren't meant to be rigid. They're meant to be fluid. So if we've got this rigidity, that is a good cue that our relationship could use a little love, mm-hmm. use some shifting. I love what you said about, actually, this one's on me sometimes taking it on the chin, sometimes, how do I say this? Giving our partner the win, even if we don't mean it. Example. The battle versus the war. Yes. So there are times my husband makes parenting choices that probably wouldn't have been my first choice. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) And do I feel the need to go to him and correct him? Barring anything safety related? No. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I can support and love him. Even if I'm like, "Eh, I might have done that different. (laughs) There are things I'm sure for me where he looks at me and he's like, why did you do that? (laughs) But he doesn't tell me. Mm -hmm. And what that allows is we're not keeping score, but we're also not sitting there criticizing, nitpicking, wounding each other ad nauseum, unless it's something truly safety related Mm -hmm. of deep value, something Mm -hmm. of that sort. 
but choosing what is the feedback that I care about? What is the feedback I really need to give? When can I mm-hmm. bite my tongue and let it slide? Yeah. If my partner is really stressed, do I remind them that they're not doing the dishes, changing the diapers, all the things, or can I let that ledger go and let it slide? Because I know they're mm-hmm. having a hard time or they're mm-hmm. grieving or they have depression or seasonal affective disorder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Can I give them some latitude, some space, or yeah. am I in back of my mind? Oh, he hasn't mm-hmm. done the dishes in five days. He hasn't mm-hmm. vacuumed. He hasn't done all these things. I'm going to make sure he knows two very different yeah. spaces. Yeah. And it brings up the question of like, what are you defending? Mm-hmm. When you have to do tit for tat, what are you defending? And sometimes I can see mm-hmm. it being appropriate in the sense of like, I'm actually defending my autonomy and independence that I'm not getting because there's not reciprocity. Space for self-care. Mm-hmm. Granted, tit for tat's not the most successful way to get that. <laughs> or yeah. I'm defending my worthiness in the relationship going back, right? I'm thinking of all the reasons that like why we could be defensive. What are we defending by having to win this argument? Why is it so important that I can't, as you said, take it on the chin or accept influence now? And another kind of approach to this is you can validate your partner's perspective. It doesn't mean you agree with it. And also not not being vulnerable to admit you're wrong at this point if you don't feel safe enough, but you can say, I can see your perspective. And and that, for me, maybe it doesn't make sense, but I can totally understand where you're coming from. That can soften it a lot. And not in that sentence that I say, I was completely wrong. You're right. Your way is the right way. Like you're amazing. Or even I can see you're upset. I can see you're angry. How can I support you? Mm -hmm. Again, not saying I agree with you, but I can see in this moment, it's hurting. Mm -hmm. It's hurting you. It's hurting this relationship. How can I love you through this space? We can actually get to Mm -hmm. a space where we're both calm, Mm -hmm. regulated to talk about it in a way that will be effective and productive Mm -hmm. rather than further escalate the space. Yeah. And being okay with the fact that you have different perceptions. Mm -hmm. I can see that's frustrating as you're talking about using Mm -hmm. your example uh, that we're not agreeing here on kind of what happened. And you know, a lot of times in that process, there's assumptions of intentions too. Mm-hmm. We want to get out of that. Don't assume each other's intentions of, you know, of that. My partner did it because of that. Cause that'll only bring up the tit for tat and feel this kind of insecurity of, well, they did this because they wanted to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they really did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really important to validate what the experience is to help soften it. Um, and then ask yourself, do I really need to defend myself here in the sense of tit for tat? Mm-hmm. Is that important right now? Or is there a better, a more effective way that I can do this? Because sometimes maybe you're validating your partner perspective and it's not a good idea just to come back and be like, okay, now look at all the stuff you did. Mm-hmm. I also encourage partners instead of often when people come into couples therapy, they want to say, my partner did this. And they finger point. <laughs> I don't listen to that. <laughs> and it absolutely infuriates some of my clients. Mm-hmm. Instead, I say, what did you do? What could you have done differently? Mm-hmm. I don't care what you think your partner could have done differently. What do you think you could have done oh, differently? Yeah. And it is such a mind shift for people after conflict, instead of reflecting, well, honey, I wish you had, which has merit mm-hmm. at times, instead of saying, you know, I felt hurt. And instead of reacting mm-hmm. in the way I wanted, I reacted this way. Mm-hmm. I want to work on that for myself, not you need to fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of expanding on kind of what we've been talking about in terms of the validation piece and how do we approach it softly? And I I love the piece um, when we're talking about like communicating to our partner, um, this tit for tat or right for wrong is from an emotional standpoint. Mm -hmm. Let's get out of the content of what happened or didn't happen. And let's- Content's irrelevant. I'm just going to say that from a therapist perspective, content is irrelevant. 
Unless there's like abuse or some sure. things like this. Yeah. Like the extreme. By and large, it is the process that's happening between two people. Yeah. That we care most about. Not about the dishes. It's not about the dishes. It's never about the dishes. Yeah. It's I don't feel supported. Yes. It's the process by which Mm -hmm. you navigate that content. That's what we're looking for. Yes. What are your communication techniques? How are you explaining this? And an effective way is really first identifying your emotions, what's going on, Mm -hmm. and then communicating it that way. So an example would be, you never do the dishes versus (laughs) like at this moment, I'm feeling unsupported. Um, and I know you're, you're doing a great job and I know you got everything going on and I really care about you. And I think some of these things, like some of the chores around the house, I, I just need help and support. Cause I feel like I'm drowning right now. Mm-hmm. And you can hear that a whole lot differently than you never do the dishes. Why do you never do the dishes? Oh, you do nothing yeah. around here. Get off your lazy ass. <laughs> and we hear this all the time in couples therapy. Yeah. And then people are like, well, my partner doesn't hear me. Well, no shit. You shut them down in the first sentence that you said. Yeah. And everything that comes after that, your partner's already shut down. They don't want to hear what you have to say. Whereas if we can go in with a soft startup, go in with emotion, gentle emotion, not you made me feel, but I feel, Mm -hmm. it can absolutely shift the dialogue between two partners. Yeah. You broke a promise or you failed to do X. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the emotion and what's going on. And, And not in there did I use you language. It's not, I feel sad when you don't do dishes. <laughs> I feel unsupported right now. And I validated them and, and what they were doing and then saying what I need mm-hmm. because I'm drowning and feeling, you know, hopeless around X or whatever. There's this a difference. comes up in parenting, right? We model this for our kids. Are, am I tip for tat with my kids? Oh, you never brush your teeth. I have to fight you every morning to get ready. Yes, I've used this sentence. <laughs> I try to steer away from it. Or am I saying, hey, I'm noticing this morning's a tough morning. How can I help you get ready on time? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I know that being on a time crunch is really hard for you. Tonight, let's plan some time to relax together. Right? There are ways to soften it. Mm-hmm. Am I keeping score with my kids and saying, oh, they never blank? Mm-hmm. Or am I sitting down, explaining to them some of the emotions or why this is important, why it's urgent in a way that is loving without Mm -hmm. criticism and judgment and scorekeeping. Yeah. Kind of like the overarching summary here is how do I soften the current battle with perspective of the long-term war of keeping our relationship together and living happily Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and connected. Think of it like um, not volleyball. A tennis. I mm-hmm. swear I know the difference. <laughs> a tennis. It's not about scoring on your partner. We're volleying back and forth and back mm-hmm. and forth. Sometimes the volley might be a little bit longer on one side. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we might miss. But the goal is not to score on your partner. It is to be a team together. Mm-hmm. If I'm keeping score in ledger. My relationship is not going to be healthy in the way that we would mm-hmm. hope it to be. It's not going to be peaceful. Well, because now it's because me versus them versus us and we. Mm-hmm. Um, and and going back, just kind of to summarize that is an effective way to bring this up is talk about what's going on for you emotionally without using you language. Validate what your partner's doing and things that you've seen. So if you're trying to assert a need for more chores around the house, assert when they've done that and how you've loved that and shown appreciation. Mm-hmm. And you would love more of that. Not you're not doing this. 
right? And it's very hard to validate because people have this misconception that validate, and we had an episode on this, but validation is this idea that, well, if I validate them, then that means I agree with them. No, it's that you can put yourself in their shoes and understand their perspective. Mm-hmm. I want to point out too, these conversations, I don't want you to just have them once a year because then we drudge all this crap from the past. These are, and I think I said it before, I call them state of the unions with my clients. Mm-hmm. Every weekend, we have a state of the union where we come together. We might talk about schedule, finances, things like that. But we also talk about, hey, this week, can we shift this? Or I need this part this week. Or what do you need this week? Mm-hmm. And it allows us to check in more frequently. So things don't build up. We're not keeping score because we don't need to. We get to make sure that both of our needs are met in real time. Mm-hmm can be really helpful. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I one that I draw from like the Gottman work is the 30 minute stress reduction conversation. Mm-hmm. Use that process with each other. Share more about that. So couples take 30 minutes, 15, well, 15 minutes, one, 15 minutes, the other, and they just process stress together. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes not about the relationship, but more about what's going on in their life, just a, a means to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I'll have couples for myself, use that as a time to work on that with each other um, around the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I like that because you're scheduling time. A lot of us like, oh, we'll do this later. We'll do this later. I can't tell you how many couples are <laughs> poor at scheduling you'll time. Never get, but you'll never get to it. If you don't put on your schedule, this can happen even with things like sex. As not sexy as it is to schedule sex, <laughs> there are real points in life in which you're not going to get to it. You're going to keep yeah. kicking that can down the road. Schedule it. Schedule surprise sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. But same with this, schedule mm-hmm. time to touch base frequently. So yeah. we don't have to keep tit for tat. So we can share our emotions without pulling the entire past of the last 10 months or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. I mean, this, include your kids in that. Yeah. Then your kids get to see real time shifts and patterns that maybe mm-hmm. you grew up with, but they don't have to. Real time check ins, real time mm-hmm. emotional expression and coping and management and conflict resolution. So important for kids development to actually witness it, not to be shoved into another room and kept out of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Modeling what that looks like. How do you have effective communication or how do you come back from a mistake when you don't like, even though we're trained in this, uh, we still do tit for tat. Sometimes we still find ourselves in that cycle. Never Never happened. (laughs) Nope. And going back kind of just to, to recap is ask yourself, what are you defending? What does it mean to be wrong? And why do you have to be right? And who are you defending to? Mm-hmm. And then also, how do I approach this softer that I don't, it's not about winning this conversation. It's about the long-term goal of, of connecting and respecting and, and being about we instead of me versus them. A lot of people aren't equipped with these skills from growing up. If you don't have these skills, you can look some up online. Not my favorite choice, but you can Go to a therapist, go to someone who is trained in this space Mm -hmm. because you're not all of a sudden going to wake up with these skills. Right. And so instead of fighting against the grain every day, Mm -hmm. go get the skills to make it a little bit easier and certainly more effective. Yeah. And you can go to classes and stuff like that. And they might not be personalized a little bit, especially if we're talking about looking at how do we explore your attachment style and how that's showing up in this tit for tat dynamic. Because if there's like an insecurity of being wrong, because then I'll be left. Okay. That will be more individualized and work on that to where there can be more um, comfort and safety and being vulnerable Mm -hmm. um, with the partner. Well, this has been another episode on relationships inside out where we discuss tit for tat and showing up in a softer, more emotionally attuned way for our partner. 
As always, if anyone has any questions, concerns, topic suggestions, feel free to shoot us an email at relationshipsinsideout at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Thanks.